when you concentrate on a thought that feels happy, that attracts other thoughts that match that vibration. Hi, I'm Connie, and this is From Chaos to Peace with Connie, where I explore, sometimes solo and often with a guest, how a few minutes a day can keep the chaos away. And with chaos, I'm talking about the physical, digital, social, financial, mental, emotional, and spiritual clutter that can accumulate in our life. Welcome, my friend, and thank you for allowing me back into your ears. How are you doing? This is episode number 98 of the From Chaos to Peace podcast. And today we're talking about how to manifest whatever we want in life. And yes, that is a very bold statement by my guest. And if you know anything about me, you know that I will bring it down to earth and make it practical for you to do in a few minutes a day. And actually, my guest is totally aligned with my message. So this was not an issue at all to bring it back down to earth and make it practical. But before we get into this, please subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. I have episode 99 and 100 coming up. I don't know yet what special thing I will do for it, but it will be something special. (laughs) I also have more interesting guests lined up that you don't want to miss. So please subscribe. Okay, back to manifesting whatever we want. I hope you're intrigued because I sure was. My guest today is Lauren G. Foster, and she is the best-selling author of Happy and Free on Purpose, Daily Practices to Live and Love Your Life. And she's also the host of the How to Choose Happiness and Freedom podcast, which I was honored to be a guest on episode 97 in August 2021. Isn't that funny? I was her guest on her episode 97. She is a guest on my podcast in episode 98. (laughs) Lauren started Be Happy First in 2014 and is now on a mission to help 1 million women learn to be happy and free on purpose before her 60th birthday, which is in 2025. She does that as a meditation teacher, primal health coach and life mastery consultant And of course, through her book, Lauren and I talk about why she had left spirituality out of her life for the longest time and what the consequences were of that, how we can't save other people, only ourselves, that every one of us is manifesting already every day and what to do if you don't manifest what you want what the magic orchid story has to do with clutter. And that's my favorite part of the whole conversation. (laughs) And you will know why when you listen to it. And we also talk about her book, Happy and Free on Purpose, and the new book she is writing now. Okay, without further ado, let's jump into this awesome conversation with Lauren. Welcome, Lauren. I'm so excited that you're a guest on my podcast. Thank you, Connie, so much for having me here today. I'm I'm thrilled to be on your show. And it's coincidentally, this is the morning that your show went, your episode went live on my show. So that's it. I, I have all of you fresh in my brain. And I was actually talking with a friend yesterday who 
has a housekeeping business Mm -hmm. and she got married and moved about two hours away, but she still would go back to her clients in the old town Mm -hmm. and kept up her housekeeping business for years. And she has the gift of organizing and decluttering and helping people with stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I was sharing with her that that might be a way to, for her to, you know, kind of bring her work closer to home instead of you know, doing all that driving and things, but interesting. You've been on my mind for a whole week. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I feel sorry for you? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, but this is really awesome. We didn't plan it that way that uh, I'm doing the interview with you the day that the me being a guest on your podcast is going to go live but it's awesome I love it Uh so Lauren tell us a little bit like I introduced you in the in the intro but tell us a little bit who is Lauren aside from what you're doing for a living like where are you in the world and who is Lauren privately okay well I live um if you're familiar with the United States Um, I'm sure your listeners are all over the world, but I live on the border of two states, North Carolina and Tennessee, (coughs) excuse me, and I live in the Appalachian Mountains, and I have a tiny little cabin fairy cottage in the middle of the woods on the side of a mountain that's very isolated. I live here with my seven pets, two dogs and five cats, and we are just happy and free all the time, and um, the, the climate here in the, in the summer is very temperate and mild. So the windows and doors are always open and it's just this place of freedom. Now, the place that I lived before this was a little 250 square foot basement apartment that was, you know, there were six of us at that time, all crammed in there, me and my pets and in a place where there were cars and we didn't have freedom and we didn't have, you know, safety though. It wasn't safe for the pets to just wander free. But while I was there is while I was dreaming up this place and manifesting this place and, and bringing this into truth and, and reality. And that, that's a big part of my story that, you know, you, you'll read anywhere on my website and my book everywhere about yeah. you know, how from a very low bottom place of having nothing, I recreated my life and just couldn't be more thrilled and pinching myself every day with the way my life is going. Yeah, I saw on your website, you have a blog post titled how I got here, a story yeah. of manifestation. Yeah. So, maybe just like condensed version. Can you like, how do you get from the little tiny apartment where, um, and, and kind of like no freedom. And I hope you still had happiness to, to this place now where you feel so free and you have, you, you are in a, in a beautiful place in nature, in the middle of the woods. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll need to back up a step from that to, mm-hmm. to talk about my life leading up to the basement apartment. Um, I was, I was very spiritual, very religious as an adolescent. And then I, I had a falling out with church. And so I had a falling out with God too, because I, I, my church convinced me that unless I was willing to do A, B, C, D, E, and F, then God didn't love me. And I wasn't willing to do A, B, C, D, E, and F. And I got the messages all mixed up in my head. And so I, I kind of broke up with God, but I was in love with the law of attraction. I was in love with positive psychology. I was a pre- professional salesperson. So I knew about 
um, visualizing the outcome that you want and all of these things that you can do with your mind and, you know, how you can manifest your life in that way. And, and this is how I lived my life. I just kind of left God and spirit and the universe and everything out of it because I just, even though I was listening to spiritual teachers like Abraham Hicks, I would, you know, clue in on the, the life skills and the things to do and the ways to think, but I just left, I just kind of, uh, the, the spiritual way we stuff, that's not for me. <laughs> and so I manifested my life in this way and I had great successes, but as soon as I would succeed at anything, I would sabotage myself and destroy everything and have to start all over and operating from this place, a very small energy and one human. You know, if you're, if you're not tapped into the universe, your, your energy is not very big, but so I did this again and again and again. And, and I tried to take care of all of my family. I tried to be the hero and the, the, you know, the, the person who was able to help them get their lives the way I thought their lives should be, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you, you know, now at, at the time I thought I was being just wonderful and loving and sweet, but mm -hmm. in hindsight, it was very arrogant. I was making the assumption that I know how to manifest and you don't. And I know how to work with the law of attraction and, and all of these things and you don't. So I'm, I have to help you and I have to use my resources, my money, my energy, my time to help you. And there came a point when I realized that none of that was working that the brother that I had enabled so, so long, he was, you know, lived a troubled life. He had, you know, addictions and things like that. He died for, as a result of his lifestyle. And my mother, who I was trying to help wound up in a state run nursing home because nobody had the money to pay for anywhere nicer. And my sister was losing her house and all of these people that I thought I was saving, I didn't save anyone. Mm -hmm. And it was at this point that I realized that I needed to have faith that those people could find their own way, that they have their own path and their own purpose and their own access to God or the universe or spirit, or, you know, whatever word you choose to call the force that beats your heart. Um, and so I, I handed all of those people back to their own maker and I gathered up all the life skills tools that I had. And from this really humble place that, you know, ego was kind of kicked aside because, I had proven that my, my way wasn't getting it done. So I, I began to recreate from this place. And so I wanted to live in an area like this because there was an abundance of the property that I wanted, but I was bankrupt. Bankrupt people don't get mortgages as a rule, but I, I didn't pay any attention to that. I found a place that I could afford that was near what I wanted. And then I started practicing all of the life skills. I, I made lists of positive aspects of that little apartment every single day. And I taught myself, I let life teach me that if you choose to look at things that please you, you will be happy. If you choose to look at things that are awful, you will not be happy. And it, it's very simple to say, but a longer process to learn, to, but, but it's just like any other habit. You teach yourself, you catch yourself going, oh my God, I'm just sitting here bitching and complaining about all of this. I could just as easily spend that energy talking about something that I love, appreciating something. And so that from there, I, I created a very strong vision of the place that I wanted. And I had complete faith that it would be here in perfect timing. And in the meantime, I was as happy and grateful 
and deliberate about the way I was creating my life as I could be. And within a couple of years, I, it was all here. It was mm-hmm. all here. And mm-hmm. that's when I decided to become a teacher of this work. That was mm-hmm. in 2014. And that's when Be Happy First was born. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing story. Uh, and I saw on your website too, that you said, um, you're free to have career, money, love, happiness, anything that you want, you know, but, and, and then a lot of people, they of course uh, are very skeptic and they say, oh, this is BS because if it would be true, anybody could, could do it and we would all be happy and have whatever we want, but there is work involved, you know, um, it, and, and that's what you just said. It's, it's like, we have to focus on the right things. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's, it's similar, like my message always, like when, when you're focusing, like you, you're creating a life full of clutter, but at the same time, you're, you're um, craving to live in a beautiful home. It, it kind of doesn't work together, no? Exactly. And what comes to my mind is the, the, the beautiful story you told me about the orchid, the magic orchid story. Um, can you tell this? Because I think this will lead us into kind of um, the more nitty gritty that we want to talk afterwards. Oh, I would love to. I love that story. It, it's like the center of my life and the center of my work. So um, this is the story of the magic orchid. And this is a story that my mother told me as a child. Mm-hmm. And I've not been able to find any other documentation anywhere that someone else wrote the story. So as far as I know, she made it up. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was a woman and she lived in a very cluttered and untidy home. And we don't know if this was because she just never learned to keep a cluttered home or that she was just too depressed and heartbroken or for whatever reason, her life was a mess inside and out. So one day she, the doorbell rang and she went to the door in her ratty bathrobe and a messenger was bringing a plant. And he didn't know where it came from. And so he handed her the plant and she looked at it and it was a beautiful orchid. And so she started to feel this spark of love just looking at this plant. And she turned around to find a place to put it. And there wasn't, there was, there was no clear space in her whole home to put her magic orchid. So she put it very gently at her feet and cleared off a little space on a table so that she could put the orchid there. And she did. And she stood back and she looked at it and she felt a little welling of, of appreciation and a little spark of, of happiness as she was looking at the plant. But then she noticed that it was very out of place in the cluttered table. So she cleaned up the rest of the table to match the cleared space where the orchid was. And she stood back and admired it some more and was just feeling more and more pleased and grateful and appreciative of the beauty that this magic plant had brought to her home. But then she noticed that the table was very out of place in this cluttered room. And so she started to to clean and to straighten and to, to organize things. And she heard herself starting to hum and felt herself starting to come alive as as the room around her cleared. And she was just starting to feel great love and appreciation for this beautiful room, but she was a little tired and and hungry and thirsty. So she brought her magic orchid into the kitchen to get a snack and found the same situation there. So she cleared a spot, she put the magic orchid down and this process repeated itself. And then into other rooms, into the rest of her home and into her yard and into her person and into her mind and her heart. And 
the magic orchid lived on and she kept it forever to remind her that beauty and clarity and gracious living are very simple if you take it one step at a time and focus on one beautiful thought. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing this story. I love this story. When you told me this story, I'm like, and you know, like I'm, I'm, I have orchids. So that's one of my hobbies for over 30 years. I have orchids. I not allowed to tell how many because I'm trying to be decluttered. Now I have about 30 orchids. Um, Yeah. Different kinds. And I love this story. Yes. And yeah, and it, it show I, to me, it's a representation of what I'm trying to teach a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. And mm-hmm. also like when I work with my clients, we do something I call the love tour. We go and we find a spot in the home that they really love. And that's where we start uh-huh. working from. And yeah. um, so that's kind of like what the story tells us. And it also tells us the story in a way of manifestation and how, to start with something beautiful to focus on and to be happy about first before before you may have the real reason to be happy no it, that's kind of like the message for me what is the message for you well that that, that is one of the messages and, and so and the magic orchid is one of the journaling exercises that i teach to everyone mm-hmm. that you do every morning and so your your journaling magic orchid is a thought, a memory, a dream, a anything that you can bring to your mind that makes you feel happy. Mm-hmm. And then when you concentrate on a thought that feels happy, that attracts other thoughts that match that vibration. Mm-hmm. And th- then those thoughts attract other thoughts that match that vibration. And pretty soon you are genuinely in that high vibration place that matches that magic orchid. And Mm. when you have that to go back to all day, you can, when you find yourself frustrated or angry or overwhelmed or whatever, you can pause for a minute and think of your magic orchid, your tool that you already set up for yourself for the day Mm. and turn your mood back around. It's it's a spiral, a, a spiral universe. If you are thinking positive things, then that spiral goes up and up and up and gets better and better and better. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking negative things, mm-hmm. the spiral works the same, but in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. You, you've done this. You were, you remember an argument that you had and start thinking about the things you wish you had said, and mm-hmm. you feel yourself just starting to get madder and madder. And pretty mm-hmm. soon you're just as mad or worse than you were during the argument. And you're now you're in a downward spiral. Yeah. That, but the beautiful thing is that you have the ability to stop that in its tracks anytime you want. And the sooner you do, the easier it is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and still like, uh, I, I'm, I can just, I, I hear a little voice in my head. You, you have to practicing this too. And I know I from it. my listeners and from my clients that they what kind of, they are thinking they're like, yeah, but I'm, I'm so busy and so much bad things are happening in my life or in the world and whatever, you know, do you have some, um, have some tips how we can keep it like front and center, because sometimes we can really get carried away and, and, and we all of a sudden are in a place that, that is so far away from our magic orchid. Yeah. Um, The first thing I would say, stop saying, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but it's just is just disqualifying everything and and setting up in your own mind that you're not even going to try. Mm-hmm. So that it, yeah. it's just it's just a well, I don't believe that, so it's not going to happen for me, which is the absolute truth. Yeah. 
So if you it, if you can get just a tiny little part of your mind to go, okay, maybe this is possible. Let me give it a try. Then you will prove it to yourself, and then your your inner skeptic will go, okay, I, yeah, all right, fine, go ahead. <laughs> you know that that you you will quiet your inner skeptic by proving it to yourself that you are not a victim of everything that goes on in the world. You you are the creator of the existence that you are in and you get what you pay attention to. And now if you decide that your happiness is dependent on how other people behave, what the weather does, what the politicians are doing, what the economy is doing, if you give your power away to all of those outside circumstances that you have no control over. Yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to be happy because all those things are not ever going to line yeah. up all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So maybe the, the economy is crap and my bank account is crap and I'm in a bad place financially. That that's a part of my life that it could very well be the true fact at this moment, but that doesn't mean that's all of my life. And I don't, you know, I don't need to spend all of my time lamenting and worrying and fretting over the lack of money. I can spend my time appreciating the people that I love and doing something that's fun, coloring, meditating, petting my cat, petting my dog. There are millions of other things that you can do instead of dwelling on what's wrong. And then you'll find if you, if you do that on purpose, you'll find you'll, when you come back to look at that again. It's from a fresh perspective and you get ideas and opportunities come to you that will help you to fix that situation and get, and you will pay attention to the opportunities because you're, you're more open to it. Exactly. Exactly. You you cannot see opportunities for growth when you are so busy looking at what is at a place of lack. Yeah, but I feel that is what a lot of people struggle with, that they always feel like I'm going to be happy when I'm going to be happy when the bank account is as full as I kind of decide it has to be. Often they don't even have a number. They just say, oh, and I have enough money and how much is enough, you know, um, and, and so they're setting themselves up for failure and still it seems to be kind of like our default. So we have to really work hard to, to shift our focus. It seems like, because with whoever I'm talking to, like we're, we're constantly shifting focus. So what I was wondering is like your book, uh, Happy and Free on Purpose, is that like a, um, a guide or a, a manual how to, how to it, do it? Yes, it, it really is. Happy, happy and Free on Purpose, the first the, the chapters are just describing all of these different ways that you can deliberately be the master of your mindset, be the master of your perspective, have, start your days on purpose, deciding what kind of mood you're in. I, I think before the recording started, you talked about postponing reading your email, which is a fantastic idea because a lot of times there are complaining customers or, you know, whatever things that are more difficult to stay in a high vibration while you're dealing with, if you postpone those until your good mood is more firmly established, then you can go into those more difficult, less fun tasks with a, a, with a greater attitude. So yes. And, and then at the end of the book, there's a step-by-step process, do this, get this, do these practices, do this exercise to get back in touch with yourself and what you really love. Do this exercise to build your confidence and remind yourself of how many skills you have. 
how many innate talents you have, how many gifts you have. And then it's really teaching you that you really can have any kind of life that you want and helping you to really believe that and begin to live your life in that way. Yeah, beautiful. Show your book again, because oh, for the people that watch, want to show book. because they want to show the beautiful dog. This is my Lacey. Yeah, so She's beautiful. Amazing. Thank you. And now you're you're writing a second book. How is I that am, different from this one? This the second book is called "You're Not Alone, You Never Were: Reconnecting to the God Within You." And that this is a spiritual journey. This is about it, it. It's based on how my life got so much better when I let God, when I let spirit, when I, and you know, it's another thing that we really struggle with as human beings is we, we land on words and these words have a specific meaning and nobody's allowed to make that word mean anything different. That's why God in the title is in lower letters. Because to me, the the spirit that created me, the universe, the force that beats my heart is is not male. And God is a male term. It's not, it's not female either. It's all genders or no genders or, you know, it's an energy. It's a it's a benevolent life force that is always here. And there's nothing that you need to do to be worthy of it. There's nothing that you need to do to seek it out. It's, it's here. And when you understand that and feel that power and that support, then suddenly life does seem much more doable, much easier, much more filled with grace and light and all of the happiness and joy that we are all seeking in this human experience and so do you have um because i hear this a lot like with god and i think this is a little bit where all these different churches um had a lot of influence on uh, how we grew up or what we think about god and, and a lot of people say oh i don't believe because because of all the like you said in the beginning the rules that the churches put on us it's not god or spirit or the universe that puts the rules on us i mean they are universal laws but those are not the ones the church talks about so um i i had to find my own way to to god or goddess or to universe myself too because we're so influenced do you have any like um practical tips like i always try to give my my listeners practical tips how to find their version of how they feel connected. Yeah, that and I yes, I have a whole book full. Yeah, I'm, I imagine <laughs> that but... <laughs> I'm putting together. So I won't do I won't I won't share with you the whole book. And for, first of all, I want to say that I'm not, you know, against any religion. There you you can find God in church, but that's not the only place you can find God. That's that's the that's the big lesson. And the practical thing is to sit, sit for a moment and just kind of take yourself out of your head and into your heart and ask yourself what you love. Ask yourself what makes you feel alive. And it could be a tree. It could be the water. It could be the breeze. It could be the face of your child. It could, all of these things that make you feel alive and amazing. That's where God is. And, and this is, and that, you know, the voice of your spirit, when you get familiar with the voice of your spirit, just like when your mom calls, you don't have to ask who it is. 
because you've been listening to her your whole life. You know what she sounds like when you, and, and it is absolutely and perfectly unique to you and to me, our direct connection to God and nobody, nobody can tell you what is right or wrong about what that connection is. And, and that's the thing that I would say that, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling you to ditch your church. I'm not telling you to, to get rid of any of that stuff. But if there's, if there's any point in time where you are feeling judged and made less, God will never do that. Yeah. That's yeah. not the voice of God. Yeah. And that's kind of what I meant with, uh, and I, I didn't mean to um, say anything against churches. Right. I just say, right. like, <laughs> like you said in the beginning, mm-hmm. when yeah. something doesn't sit right with you, um, when when there is demands that that you know in your heart that they are not right, you know, um, yeah, then then maybe you find your own connection. I see it the same way too. It's like no two people have the same connection with each other, like even because we're 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 all unique. So so and so is our connection to the universe, God spirit whoever you want to call it you know right for me it's nature and um i I go into nature where better to see the power and the love of of the universe and of spirit than in nature so yes yes that there's that all i have to do is step out of my door and that these mountains are magical these that there's there are trees on every side of of my house. I'm really plunked right in the middle of the forest and it feels amazing. I, I feel like a part of nature. Like I live in a tree house. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Now, Lauren, if people are intrigued by what you talked about with your books or how you manifested this beautiful place in the mountains, mm-hmm. where can they find you? Where should they go? I know you have a podcast too. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about your podcast as well. Yeah. So laurengfoster.com will take you to everything. There's a link to the podcast. There's a, a you know, all of my, um, podcast episodes also have a video with show notes and there's a lot of incredibly valuable information over there. Nearly every teacher that ever is on my show has a free gift. So it's a goldmine of anything that you could, you could want about your health, about your happiness, about spirituality, about energy healing, about, you know, I have mystics and mediums and all kinds of of different people on the show. Um, you can find a link to the book there as well. So the book is available on the website. Um, I'm not sure when this will air, but right now we have a buy one, get one free sale for um, a, a second book called The Art and Truth of Transformation for Women. But no matter when this airs, every month we do a drawing for a free copy of the book and a free 30-minute coaching session with me for just getting on our email list by signing up for the newsletter, downloading a meditation, any of the free gifts, just join the be happy first tribe and you'll be entered in that drawing. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I was on your website. It's a, it's like a huge library. I could could get lost there. It's (laughs) awesome. It's really awesome. And I I love to like our messages are aligned. I feel like um, when people clutter up their homes, it's often because they're looking at it wrong. Like they think all this material stuff makes them happy, which um, often happens the opposite. They get overwhelmed and um, 
Yeah, so I, I love it. So do you have any, let's say, uh, last words you really want to get out before we wrap up? <laughs> can't speak anymore. <laughs> so, so the message of your um, show is from chaos to peace. Yes. Yeah. And a few moments of meditation is the, the prescription that I would give anybody if they would never do anything else that I ever suggest. I would suggest in the morning, a few minutes of meditation, even if you only have time for two minutes, it will help. And if you can build up to a 20 minute meditation in the morning where you are deciding, actually, you know, that's the second thing. The first thing, (laughs) the first thing would be the very first moments of your day before you even open your eyes. Now, when you sleep, you've, you've stopped all momentum. So there, you get to start over every single time when you awake, but most of us just pick up our worries and troubles and to-do list right where we left them the day before. But if you make a conscious choice to say, this is an amazing new day, I'm going to start right now, appreciating being in a good mood, looking for things to love. And I'm going to get really familiar with that feeling. And I'm going to keep it as long as I can. I'm going to try to feel this way as much of my day as I possibly can. That's, that's the biggest tool because once you get familiar with that feeling, you will fall in love with it and you will become very protective of it. You'll say, no, I'm not turning on the news that, that really, really puts me in a bad mood and I value my good mood. I'm not going to look at emails until later in the day until I feel stronger in my good mood. So that that's the first thing is, is use that first momentum or lack of momentum of your day to set yourself up for success for that day. Mm-hmm. I love that tip. And I love the meditation tip too. I always said it many times already. I wanted to have a meditation practice and I struggled with it. And I started with three minutes. I get like, I wanted to meditate 10 minutes a day, but I gave myself permission to just do it three minutes. If for whatever reason, the day was difficult, which is just a thought, but you know, and it actually really works. That's why I always say a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away in any area of your life. And I'm so happy you came on to my podcast, Lauren. Uh, I'm so happy you had. Thank um, you. I hope people watch um, the video too, because you see this beautiful, radiant person that you can yes. just, you just become happy looking at you, Lauren. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. There's no better compliment. Thank you for having me, Connie. Okay, my friend, that was it. We hope you enjoyed our conversation around being happy and manifesting whatever you want in your life. If you find value in what Lauren and I are talking about, please share the episode with a family member or a friend, because if you find value in it, they will too. And if you want to find out more about Lauren Foster's work or her book and all the things we were talking about, you can go to the show notes to find all the links. And the show notes you find at conigraph.com forward slash podcast forward slash 98. That is conigraph, C-O-N-N-Y-G-R-A-F dot com forward slash podcast forward slash 98. I hope to see you for episode 99 and 100 coming up soon. Thank you for joining me today and listening all the way to the end. If you struggle with clutter in your home, office, files, or finances, please sign up for a complimentary clutter clarity chat. 
I would love to tell and show you how I can help. You can find the scheduling link in the show notes. Have a beautiful and amazing week and please subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you next week. Take good care and be safe.